0: So you can stop stopping yourself at the fear of the unknown and finally take your inspired vision and turn it into an impactful business. There's no excuses here. Are you ready to commit? Let's do this. Woo-hoo! Welcome back, ladies. Welcome back, listeners, to the Smart Woman Show. Today we have Mitra Ahurian. Come on. Come on. Welcome, Mitra, to the Smart Woman Show. Mitra, Hi. you know, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I never let anybody say thank you. I should always pause before I let people say thank <laughs> you. but you're welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm very excited about today's episode because um, as as we were talking about before, Mitra, it's so important to realize what a dialogue sounds like between two powerful women. And I promise you, if you're listening to this episode now, that's what you're gonna witness. Two powerful women who are in dialogue around really important stuff in life. So let me just introduce you quickly. Um, she is the founder and principal attorney, no big deal, at Ahorian Law, a full-service corporate and entertainment law firm based in Los Angeles. And she's really well-known, and, and and I actually can even testify to this, just watching your Instagram, I was blown away with how down-to-earth you are. Like, you're actually just so, yeah. I mean, you're gorgeous. <laughs> You probably can't see her right now but you got to go to her Instagram and it's like it's going to rock your world how beautiful she is and I want to talk about that L article so don't let me forget as okay. we move forward cuz I was blown away when I saw that on your Instagram but really she's she's been she's been focusing on entertainment lot Okay, so she's worked with some of the most famous people in the world, um, you know, she, but she's also focused on business litigation and intellectual property and corporate law before branching into this. So she's a wealth of information for us, just legally. So I want to I just step into this. I ask this question every time, Mitra, and it gets us grounded into what we're creating here. How's your heart today? Your heart.
1: Good. Um, I had to wake up this morning and remind myself of purpose and really briefly for like five minutes, just as I was putting makeup on, because as you know, these days, we don't do that unless we have to (laughs) interface with people. just given we're not going out as much. Um, but just for five minutes as I put makeup on, I just threw on like Abraham Hicks because I'm like, let me just put something on. I have it, I need, my head needs to feel, hear something good today. Mm. Um, and it was good because I just needed a reminder of it was literally what you just said, actually. One of the things she told a brief story and the purpose of the story was that just this knowing that two people can come together And give each other what they need in any given moment Mm -hmm. and sort of the synchronicity in the, in the world like that. And so coming into that, I always try to go into my life and my day reminding myself, how can I be of service Mm. to others? And that takes a reminder sometimes, right? It's That's the self-talk. is like, okay, let me come into this with the spirit of service. And that changes everything. So for two people who are interacting for the first time today, it was such a beautiful reminder right before I got on with you that maybe you are going to give me something I need today mm. and I'm going to give you something you need today. So I, I think that was kind of a cool thing to hear before. So I think my heart's in a good place.
0: Oh, that is You know, that's so beautiful. And I don't know if you know this, Mitra, but the word smart, I've broken it down because I mean, normally a woman like you would intimidate the crap out of me, but because of the work that I've done, I'm like so cool with just like you said, like everyone I meet because I get to be in outward focus, in generosity, in the spirit of service. How can I serve? And what we forget is that people are broken and I don't know if you knew this or not, but the... First, I'm a sucker for acronyms, and I broke down the word "smart" into S standing for serve. You know, first and I foremost, did not know that. Wow! No. No. <laughs> so, first, first and foremost, you know, engage, be committed to, be be conscious of being in service. Mm-hmm. So wow, so this is this is very serendipitous. Well, there's no coincidences in life, but I'm just I'm so grateful that you're here. And I love that you were vulnerable and honest enough to be like really like I was questioning my purpose today. Yeah. You know, ladies listening, even the most powerful women in the world wonder what the heck they're supposed to do. So tell us more about that. Tell us more about having all of this accreditation and all of this power and all of this influence with the most powerful people in the world, Mitra, come on, you know? You know,
1: yeah. I mean, I didn't grow up wanting to be a lawyer. I had studied very hard and made a lot of sacrifices to go to medical school. And that was my dream since I was a kid. And um, when I was in, I got into UCLA, I was doing a pre-med program. Things were going great. And then my dad got sick in my last year. And um, we were very much living in survival mode, my family and I. So it was in and out of hospitals. It was figuring out his diagnoses, which took almost a year, going to two Mayo clinics in the country. It was, you know, really just a lot of emergency room visits and all of that. It's a really challenging time. And I almost didn't know what tomorrow was going to look like. Like literally the next day, I didn't know what what was going to happen the next day. So this kind of living day to day made it very hard to commit to what was going to be a ten year, you know, journey going through medical school and uh, and specialty and residency and all of that. And you also have to be willing to go anywhere in the country depending on where you match. Mm. So for me, that was not where I was in that moment. Yeah. But also I'd worked really hard and, it, and I wanted to stay local. That was a big part of it. I wanted to be home, I wanted to be with my family and I wanted to spend time with my dad and also he needed care. So I wanted to be there to help care for him. Um, not going to grad school was not an option for me because I had worked really hard my, my whole life. I was always at the top of my class. And so I was like, well, what can I do? Law school's three years. I can stay local. If I want, I can always go back and go to medical school once we figure out what's going on. And I took the LSAT and I did really well on it. And I actually really enjoyed it. So the purpose of the story and went to law school, the rest is history. Um, But the point of the story is like, part of me never felt like, is this my purpose? Mm. Because I always envisioned my purpose to be something totally different. And when you think about law and you think about medicine, particularly the kind of law that I do. So I do corporate law and I do my specialties in entertainment. um, You don't think of somebody that's doing good in the world necessarily. I'm not saving lives, whereas I had this, you know, aspiration to be in a field that you're literally saving lives. That is a field that is considered the highest form of service to humanity. Whereas lawyers have this reputation of sharks and taking advantage of people and being liars and all of that. So, like, how do I fit this purpose that I thought I had into a career that is, that is historically not that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's been my journey. Is where do I find that purpose regardless of where I am?
0: I love this so much. So the two questions that come up for me are: first of all, uh, because I know a lot of the, the the women listening are moms, right? And so, and, and it, you don't even have to be a mom, but it's like let's talk about that permission piece that you had to give yourself. Because I know it wasn't just like, oh, you woke up one day and you were like, I'm just going to not be in med school anymore and do what I've always wanted to do my entire life and just be a, be a lawyer so that I can be here to be with my family and take care of business when, when or if things go down. How did you give yourself permission to make that transition? Uh,
1: you know, I think it was just, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. part of me there's a part of me part of me that's very non-committal which I always find interesting I'm very curious what that part of me is but obviously I'm very committed and dedicated and focused in order to have accomplished all that I've accomplished <laughs> and so I'm committed to my family I'm committed to being a good friend I'm committed to you know community service and of course my my personal and career aspirations. So obviously very committed, there's a little part so, of it. Oh wait. <laughs> so basically, you don't want to commit to a man no, that's not even what it is because I'm actually very committed in that respect too, um, but it's I always have this thing in my head of like needing an out mm. I'll do it, and I'll go full force as but long as the back have door? An out as long as I can have the possibility of doing something else and I think I've always had that mentality of like just do this see what happens you know you can always turn around and not I mean in my head I'm like you could always turn around and go to medical school when you know when everything kind of gets settled but in this moment do this and it it was that thinking that really allowed me to pursue a direction that wasn't ever part of the plan.
0: So the reason that what I'm hearing you say is you gave yourself permission by knowing that you could always go back and or go so, forward in a different direction. Right. Yes. So you were like which I love and I love that thank you for being so honest with that <laughs> because you're like well if I go down this road I don't have to stay there. I can I can either go back or I can pivot or I can shift and I think that ultimately is what gives women space and permission to be like, Hey, I'm going to start this business. And if it pivots and shifts and, or maybe you're going to go to school, or maybe you're actually going to stop doing your business and you want to be at home with your kids, like what I've transi- what I'm transitioning into. So I love that. And then my second question, which I, oh, it was such a good question. And now it's completely slipped my mind.
1: Well, maybe I can jump back into what I was talking about. I have another thought that just came up Is you. Yeah. Were- And then maybe, maybe (laughs) that'll give you a
0: moment to remember
1: it. Um, But it's, you know, that also comes from that I can always do something else. It's just kind of like, pick a step, see what happens. And maybe that'll lead you to something else. And maybe that'll lead you to something else. And I think it's just having that faith in yourself, in God, in the universe, in, you know, people to show up for you that, Trusts in the journey to take you to the best place for you to be of service, if that's your intention to make money, if that's your intention to, you know, all sorts of things have an impact on the world in this way, if that's your intention. So just trusting that journey and that as long as this is where your heart wants to be, you'll land there and the things that you need will show up. So that was a big part of it too.
0: And I don't think that many people are that aware. And so if what she was just saying kind of went over your head a little bit, I want you to stop right now and rewind and go back about 60 seconds. Because what Mitra's speaking into really requires an awareness and a forward thinking to come outside of yourself and identify that maybe what I'm doing has a bigger purpose that I can't see. And I think that was my second question. So thank you for sharing that. Cause it does lead me into something that I think is very important. And that is the fact that you're doing something and you're waking up in the morning and you're like, okay, you know, whatever it is, God, what's my purpose today? Like really fill me with purpose. That's all we want. We just want to be purposeful. And 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 here you are, and, and maybe you're, maybe you're doing something that you feel on purpose or not, but here you are inspiring women to be their best, to create something extraordinary out of their life. And so you're taking this powerful career choice, being an entertainment lawyer, corporate law specializing, all of these things, and you're sharing your story and everywhere it's empowering women. So is that, I guess my question to you is, is, is that enough for you?
1: Well, I think that you just gave me a moment of gratitude by saying that because for you and for your platform and the work that you do that I know you have to carve out time being a mom and all the other, the, all the other things that you told me that you're involved in that really takes so much time and energy, um, and having done a few videos to videos and things like that on, on my Instagram, I know also the time commitment that this takes. So you saying that really made me grateful to you for allowing me to be in that purpose um, while, we, you know, while we speak and in this moment and to start part of my morning with being, having the opportunity to have an impact. This is not a conversation that I would nor- have normally had this morning so you've given me the space and the opportunity to do that so I just want to acknowledge you for that I don't even remember what your question was but it made me think that and that's where my brain went
0: (laughs) that's how you know you're in just a really connected conversation when you're just like and I love that and thank you I receive I receive your gratitude and for those of you listening it's like it's it's like you've got to pause for a moment sometimes and not always have the answer And see people. And I think that's what you and I are experiencing. We're just really seeing and feeling each other right now. And I think that's important. And so my question to you was, is, is it enough for you to know that just empowering one woman with this episode, let's just say it's one woman to go out and get her, maybe she, maybe she wants to be a doctor, but she's living in a repressed country and females don't usually work. Or, I mean, this, this podcast is everywhere. Like I was sharing with you earlier, we're like number one in Estonia. It's like the most random, I'm like, where is that? (laughs) I got to Google, where is that? And so it's like, is it enough to know that you've made a difference for one woman today?
1: 100%. Yeah. I do nothing else all day. 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, But I needed that reminder. Uh right I needed that reminder that this is this is something that's going to give me that's that's in my purpose and had you not said that I would have just been like oh I just did this really cool podcast with this cool woman and you know we had a great conversation but had you not said told me before we started first of all the reach that it's had and the you know, and that it's not just people like you and I listening that maybe, you know, are inspired, but don't need this in the same way. Mm -hmm. And had you not said that, and had you not reminded me right now, this is enough for my day. Mm -hmm. No, but But you again need, we need those reminders and also a space that someone allows
0: for you to do that, Mm -hmm. which is what you're doing. So I love what you just said. I'm going to highlight it and put a pin on it you are enough, you know, and how many times, ladies, it doesn't matter what Instagram feed you're following. We all deal with not feeling enough. And so I want to ask you, you know, being a beautiful woman just by, um, you know, and I believe that all humans are beautiful, but I'm talking about culturally and statistically speaking, you are beautiful as far as, you know, LA is concerned. You're, you're gorgeous. And so yet you're brilliant. I mean, halfway through medical school. And then you're like, "Er, I'm just going to be a lawyer. Like you're, you're brilliant intellectually. You're brilliant. And I know that our culture and our society has not crafted (laughs) this, this beautiful marriage of brains and beauty, And yet here you are. And so I'm wondering if that has created any kind of insecurity inside of you or any kind of imposter syndrome, because I know we as women who are standing in purpose in we want to make impact, we come up against this wall of, oh, my gosh, but people are going to think people are going to judge. And so has that come up for you along the way? Yeah, I mean, I
1: you know, my upbringing uh, both my parents, they were both, yeah, my dad was a surgeon and my mom was a psychologist. She actually got her second PhD after my dad passed away, um, at a, at a much older age. Um, she won't let me say her age, but much older age. Uh, and, uh, and so I come from a family where education was the most important thing. It was mm-hmm. the thing that was highlighted. It was all, I didn't need to be anything other than, you know, the, this, this, Um, the best version of myself. And in my family, education was a big part of that because it's not about opening doors. The opening doors part is there, but it's about being an evolved person who can think and and can show up in the world in a way that is smart, like you said. Um, And so having grown up with that being such a big part of my value system... Every single time I have been faced with the choice of like, I can use my looks in this situation. I'm always like, eh, I'm not that girl, you know, from, I mean, so, so many instances I can tell you, like, I always have that, um, compass. Mm. It's like, it's very easy to go down that rabbit hole, but no. Um, cause that's not me. And what sets me apart is having had this upbringing, ha- having had these values instilled in me and then consistently stuck to those values over time. But the challenge with that is that you're not always seen that way in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge is that the messages coming to you sometimes, I mean, I had a boss who I was probably about a year and a half out of law school and I had had a lot of success that I felt was that I was undeserving of because I was like, I didn't even dream of being a lawyer and I'm only a year and a half out. Like, why is it? These people don't know that I don't know anything about what I'm doing, (laughs) but I had high profile lawsuits, you know, with like congressmen and with, you know, uh, I was quoted in Forbes a year and a half out of school and I had things that were, I had press and, Uh, feature articles written about me and like all these things were happening of course through my efforts right and of course my dad had passed away by then so of course i think you know he was pulling some strings for me but i went into a firm having had this kind of this level of attention around me and i went in and in the first meeting when we were i was just i think it was like the third meeting we were negotiating you know, and, and finalizing the terms of like me working there. And I had some clients that I was bringing that had value. So we were kind of figuring out what that relationship was going to look like financially. Um, and we shook on it and I walked out and he looked at me with a smirk or a smile. And he said, you know, you're either all glitz and glamor or you're beautiful or you're brilliant. And I looked at him and I was like, wow, that's really offensive. (laughs) He had to take a moment to think, and he literally, like, cocked his head to the side and was like, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. (laughs) He didn't even realize it. Like, he did not even realize it. Because, like, you can't be both. You're either this or you're that. Wow. And that's been kind of the story of that struggle. You're also, you know, I receive you calling me beautiful, (laughs) but also... You know, that's, there's
0: always,
1: you're like, no, you know, I'm not the things. No, no, I get
0: it. I get it. Culturally speaking, we fit this mold of being beautiful. I totally understand it. And, and I love that you called him forward in that moment. So ladies, like, let that be your permission that Mitra just gave you to just pause and and allow yourself to just like take in a moment cuz i was imagining you i was right there in that when you were saying that, i was like right there watching this it's like out of a movie and just and just tell the person like wow that was really offensive and then allow them to receive that. You know, there's this thing in life where we want to be politically correct and we don't want to call people forward. But when you can do it neutrally, it's, which seems, even though it, it probably offended you, but you quickly shifted into, that's not working for me. And that's, all, that's not going to work for him, especially yeah, yeah. if you were going to work yeah. with him, alongside him.
1: And what's interesting about that was this man was about to be my boss.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> not going to work. I what I had in
1: me. That was, I I knew I was bringing something of value. So there was that, but it was also like, you know, Mm -hmm. a younger me, maybe not. You know, if I was, if I was like in college and getting, you know, my college part-time job or whatever, um, you know whatever it was in me maybe it was a nothing to lose thing but you know I was just like yeah. no that's not how this is going to go but part of me was also this is this is kind of something that I do love about being a woman and also being you know smart and powerful and all that um in your words not mine <laughs> but what I love you about are. you are is um is you know that that let people underestimate you Because when he said that, I just, in beside me, I kind of smiled and I was like, you're an idiot. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, like you're going to be surprised and that's great.
0: You won't see me coming. Wow. Ladies, did you hear that? Let people underestimate you. That's, I haven't heard it put like that before, Mitra. That's actually really powerful. Let people underestimate you. Let people judge you. Let people think one thing about you and don't let it bother you just stand in who you know that you are and move forward. And, and that's, that's wow. That's amazing. So I want to talk about because what I'm hearing you say is that in that moment, and I think that you just do this, and it sounds like you had two wonderful parents and I can hear the ladies be like, well, that's great for Mitra, but I didn't have parents like Mm -hmm. that. And I don't have an education and I don't have this, but here's what she does have and this is a practice. She has authority, and when you have authority, you can protect yourself. Which, of course, we come full circle back to the fact that you are, are an entertainment lawyer. And even though many of the women listening maybe in a maybe in a repressed country somewhere, there's also women listening who are in LA or in New York, and they're just starting out um, being an influencer, or maybe they're a coach. And what they don't understand is that it doesn't matter what level they're at, especially if you're at a preliminary level, you've got to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And so can you speak to some first steps or just some tips? Because I was watching your tips on Instagram and I was like, I didn't know that about copywriting. <laughs> I did not know that. And so first of all, I, I recommend that you watch her tips um, on her Instagram, but also um, what, what else can you tell us about being an online influencer or these photo shoots, like talk about photo shoots.
1: Tell, wow. tell us some of the things that you see. You know, that's interesting because um, there was a moment in time. So I had, you know, obviously coming out of law school, like at that point, I understood copyright law and how, who owns the photos and those kinds of things. And then um, I realized, cause I had friends who were actresses and this is really before I really got into entertainment law, who were having photo shoots. And then I was like, wait, but your photographer owns those photos unless it's transferred in writing because your copyright, copyright can't be transferred unless it's in writing. And the person that creates that original work owns the copyright from the moment of creation. So even though I take a photo of you, I own that photo. And that was fascinating to me because the industry does not function in that way. Nobody gets a signed document when no one presents their photographer, someone's shooting your headshots. No one pre- presents their photographer with a document to sign. If anything, the photographer's giving you a document to sign saying that they have permission to use their <laughs> photos on their portfolio or whatever, which is completely detrimental. And that's how photos end up on the web that you don't want. So what was fascinating is I ended up doing this for a couple of friends. And then I had to have a photo shoot. And when I had my photo shoot, I presented the photographer with a one page work for hire agreement saying that I own all the photos that he takes of me. And, um, and I also, um, said, you know, in the contract also said that you have to return everything to me and you're handing me everything that you have and you're not keeping any copies. little different for me because, you know, I'm a, I'm somebody who doesn't, you know, promote myself, uh, you know, as a model model or influencer, when you are a model, influencer, or actress, you want people to see your photos. You just want to have some control over that. So that contract would look a little bit different. It would still be, I own these photos, but you can have these ones that I choose and use them only for your portfolio.
0: Something can like you, that. Can you have a say, like if they... If they have, if they put up an image, like I thought you were saying, like on one of your tips, you said, if someone puts your face on a can of soda and you don't even drink soda, yeah. you don't even like it. <laughs> I love that. I was like, that would be me. I'm so not a promoter of soda. Yeah.
1: But that um, could happen, you know, that could happen. that could happen. It's not going to happen with a photographer, but if you, you know, if you're an influencer and you do deal with, you know, a brand and it's a really broad deal where they can do anything it's not specific to necessarily the product that you think that you're doing the deal with all of a sudden they're using your image on another product that that same company owns that you're not aligned with so that could happen for me yeah. it's soda sugar you know the things that i don't like to go near but sometimes i do but not soda i would never want my face on soda yeah, right <laughs>
0: I mean, everything has a price, but no. Right. <laughs> so, okay. So, so I want to talk a little bit about protection because over the last two years, I've really been peeling back the layers of my heart and learning and retraining myself to be vulnerable, to be intimate, not to be so protective of my heart. So, Now, I know we're talking about contracts, but when you go in, energetically speaking, when you go into a meeting or when you go into a relationship, you know, it's kind of like, let's put this into marriage, okay? When your husband is like, asks you to marry him and then he's like, here's a prenup. My husband did not do that, by the way. Do you know how many times I get asked that? Did your husband make you sign a prenup? Like, what? First of all, (laughs) it's personal. And second of all, no. Um, But like it just has this feeling of it. It takes the, the, what would you say, the beauty out of it yep. when all of a sudden you have to come in with your SWAT team and protect yourself.
1: I so get that. And it's also all the more obtrusive when with creatives with creative people because they're in create mode and they're in excitement of like, let's do this together. And with friends, friends Uh who decide to work together and start a business or just anything. And those are the most important moments where you do want to contract because what I try to remember, first of all, I try to make it as seamless as possible. It doesn't always work out that way because there are people who inherently maybe haven't dealt with a lot of lawyers inherently find the process Painful and offensive, you know. If I, why do you want that? Don't you trust me? Why do you want that in the contract? Mm. It's really the opposite of that. It's really that. Hey, let's just have a meeting of the minds. Let's make sure that we both completely understand what what I'm going to be doing in this venture, what you are going to be doing. Um, What are you know? What are my responsibilities? What rights do I get? How do we do things? You know, how are we going to function? Do I have to give a particular time commitment? What happens if one of us no longer wants to be involved? What's the exit strategy there? How do we get out of this relationship? Our job as lawyers is to think of all the possible things that can happen between two people or three people or four people or however many and figure out And have a conversation around okay what happens if that happens Mm. that's our job is to have that foresight so that everyone knows from the start hey if i want to leave this business what what does that look like Mm -hmm. not i want to fight and leave this business and like how is that going to look and let's figure that out so it actually protects and prevents people Mm -hmm. from ruining a friendship ruining a business relationship ruining um, a creative journey or process because you know exactly what's going to happen if things potentially go wrong. Now that's if you've read and been educated on your contract, which is another thing that I'm very passionate about is really speaking through what a lot of things mean and involving my clients in the process to the extent that we, they want to be involved in. Some really are very hands off and just say, I trust you, you handle it. But when I can, I like to educate my clients on the journey and the process because the contract is something that's going to affect your life Mm -hmm. at one point or another, starting with today. And the point of it is really to make sure that you have thought through all the things that are going to affect affect you. So,
0: there you know, and all of these things are flashing through my mind. My husband is a is a businessman, and so we're always dealing with contracts. And you know, he's like, "No, you don't get it." He's like, "This is the difference between like a the and a there." Yep, like completely destroying this deal. And so, so, so you know, and I, I want to highlight something cause you're dropping nuggets all over the place. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, you, you need to really re listen to this and hear how powerful you are Mitra. Because what you said was hang on a minute. And you said, let's just have a meeting of the minds here. And I think that that is like, write that down, ladies. That is such a powerful thing to say to anyone, your husband, Your kids that where you're emotional about something, where you're like mad or angry or really really hurt or like you said offended, you know it's like well hang on a minute and what I'm hearing you say is let's take a thirty five thousand foot view, let's step outside of the situation, let's be objective, and let's just connect with, you know, reasonable doubt and you know like what makes sense here and let's let's do this together you know what I'm hearing you say is let's link arms. It's not me, me over here and you over here, but I could just see that being really just such a powerful statement to make in any relationship that you want to repair or that you want to enhance or that you want to protect because we need to protect our relationships.
1: Yep. And ultimately it's communication. I mean, what you're describing Mm -hmm. is communication, which when people are going to be going into business together, let's say they're creating a film or um, starting a company or whatever it might be, it's communication. Mm -hmm what do I want out of this? What do you want out of this? You know, kind of thing. And also, you know, really that, that process uncovers things that you didn't know were there. Uncovers like maybe goals and intentions that Mm -hmm. you didn't know were there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's also a process of really getting to know one another, which I think is important when you go into business with someone.
0: Yeah, no, I love this. This is, this is really powerful. So let me ask you a question just just for my own information, really. And anybody who's listening, um, do you do, I know you focus in entertainment law, but, but if somebody, an influencer wanted to come and just have you set up her contracts or his contracts for, well, this is a smart woman show, but if you're a dude listening, that's cool too you know, and said, Hey, like, would you just review this? Or is there something I'm missing? Is that something that you do or your firm does?
1: Yeah. So I also, I do represent influencers. I represent celebrities also that are influencers. I mean, everyone is in the influencer space right now, you know, almost regardless of, of who you are. If you're, there's a lot of people who are involved that just have a business and they're now influencers. So all of that falls under the realm of what I do in entertainment law um, influencer agreements are in essence endorsements, right? Sometimes they are mini endorsements and sometimes they could be bigger deals that have longer term relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. and then there's the social digital aspect of it, which is of course something that I also do because a lot of media content is now digital, um, and involves social media. So it's all the same thing. So if you think about it, it's, you just think of, um, And actually, what's interesting is influencers, there's now an influencer agreement in SAG. So for the people that are in the U.S., the Screen Actors Guild, which is the guild that protects actors, is now protecting influencers. Um, Really all becoming the same space Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and kind of being widely acknowledged that there's a celebrity there. So, yeah, all of that definitely falls within the realm of the work that I do.
0: So when would you say it's it's the time to engage in this kind of a, a service or, or having these contracts? Really as early as
1: possible because trying to do something yourself or pulling something off the internet is 100% going to cause problems down the line because like you said, there's a difference between that and there. There's one word that could change everything. A lot of it's a language that you might not even understand. It was funny. Uh, I do an entertainment law exposed room with a with a colleague of mine on Clubhouse, which I don't know if you've heard of, but it's kind of taking the world by storm right now, <laughs> but it's yeah. the new um, audio drop-in social media platform. And I've been on it for a few months and I've been doing an entertainment law um, room on Thursday nights, 5 p.m. Pacific if anyone happens to be on it. And one of the things that, Um, that was really interesting is that we naturally attracted celebrities into the room who found the conversation interesting. We didn't coordinate to have celebrities. We're, of course, entertainment attorneys. We could coordinate to have celebrities there. But we had uh, Tiffany Haddish come into the room and listen. And then she raised her hand to come on stage. And the first thing she said was, Why do you lawyers talk in a language that nobody can understand and why can't you just write it in a way where I say I want this and it just says I want this? (laughs) And it's a foreign language. It's a foreign language. It's something that you have to learn. And so if you're not familiar with it, something that you think you might understand, even if you read it 10 times or you Google what it means, there could be a few words in there. I'm guaranteed there are a few words in there that you might know not know what the implications are down the line. So to answer your question, as soon as you can, I, I will say as soon as you can afford one because there is a cost, that's a reality. But also when you're doing anything, try to budget for a lawyer because even the advising that you're going to get early on is going to be invaluable so that you don't make mistakes that are going to be really hard to fix later.
0: Uh mm-hmm. huh. Yeah, well, I got to tell you, I am so grateful. I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm grateful, but I'm so impressed by you. You've empowered me today, and I know that you've empowered our listeners. So I just thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. And um, ladies listening, you know, you got to see her on Instagram. She's a force to be reckoned with. She's so sweet, really kind, and she's really smart and she wants to support you. So head over to Instagram now and, and follow her there so that you can empower yourself to be the, the woman, that, the, the stand really, empower yourself to be the stand that you want to take in this world. Thank you so much, Mitro. Thank we'll you. We'll see you next time, ladies. So much
1: fun. Thank you.
0: I want to thank you for listening and subscribing to The Smart Woman Show. My vision for you is that you would experience the same level of success me and my friends have. Break open that vision, girl. DM me on Instagram at theterraoldridge, and I will send you a link to book a free strategy call with one of my success coaches today. Let's do this.